Welcome, everyone, to The Scruffy Stuff. I'm downtown reporter Ryan Willis, joined here today by Keenan Thomas, and we are both very excited to have Rhea Carmen with us today, poet laureate of Knoxville, who's going to kick things off with a reading. So whenever you're ready, Rhea, you can take it away. All right. Quite frequently, I can be caught flying to the rings of Saturn, escaping from my classroom walls on a wing and a prayer because there is the only place that I am free. To be the me that expresses words like nothing else matters. Not breath, nor beat, not drink or meat. I'm a poet with no time to write poetry. Finding beauty in the crazy, I'm a wife, a mother, and a teacher. Sometimes life preacher. For generations, sometimes clueless. Instead of opening my notebook, I unlock doors that lead to open minds. I have no time to sit and write because I'm trying to right wrongs on how we motivate and educate. I build household systems that mold young minds. I speak, not knowing what would what will happen. I need more time to be the me that I was created to be so that now I became a thief. Started stealing early morning and late night sessions as if there will never be another chance. I laugh. I dance, but most of all, I speak. Like fire on my lips will cease to burn. Like my pen is running out of ink, I speak poetry in each testimony. And every now and then I steal away to be free, a poet and a thief with no opportunity to quiet destiny. I shake the fear that I cannot change lives with the words that I write and I speak. Like time ends after this. Like love stops existing, I'm pricking the ears of God like last chance for dreams to come true. I never thought like this. I never believed like this. Never knew myself like this and knew that you can hear me pushing you, urging you to be exactly who you are supposed to be because I am simply a wife, a mother, and a teacher that decided to be a thief to write poetry and set the rest of the world free. That was wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I know um, when I said you were doing a reading, I thought you were going to have your phone out, and you just did it off the top of your head. And and, and you know the, I, I guess one thing that I'm really curious about is um, when in your life did you first realize that you had this gift? It was, I mean, was it something that you knew early on, or is it something that you had to really work towards, or were you always you know gifted in in writing and speaking and poetry? Oh, wow. Um, I wrote uh, a lot as a youth. So I started writing my own poetry when I was about 15 years old. But never, ever, ever would I read it out loud. It stayed in a little notebook and in my locker until it disappeared from my locker um, my junior year in high school. And then I cried and did all of that and stopped writing altogether. Well, I started writing again after my father passed away in 1996 and then I came to college well in college I started visiting open mics and I loved it I loved that people would get up and read their poems but I was too much of chicken so I just shared some poems with some friends of mine and they were like no you're good like you need to read at the next open mic and so I started doing open mics and I fell in love. I have never stopped since that first open mic at Knoxville College. It was called um, Cafe Noir, 
very first open mic, I have never stopped since then. It has been 24 years. Wow. I'm curious because you'd mentioned, you know, that you had written for a little bit and, and weren't sharing. And then you started writing again after your father had passed. And then it sounds like you started writing or at least going out again after you started your family of your own, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm curious what sort of is the universal thing that kind of gets you um not motivated, but gets you inspired, I guess, to sit down and write. Because you gave me three examples there of, you know, it sounds like family had a lot to do with it. But what is what is it that sort of drives you to actually sit down and say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do this today? I think life. Um, my family is such a big part of my life. My family, um, my belief in God and, you know, watching the world happen. So those three things always urge me to write. Um, But when I feel as though it's time for others to hear my voice, that's when um, I find myself starting to create more spaces. Um, And that's what the fifth woman was. It was, we people need to connect to one another, break down the barriers. We don't need to look at each other just because of our race or our sexuality or our paychecks and those things. Like I want people to connect on a real level. And the way we do that is by sharing our stories. And so that's what the fifth woman was about. It's about women coming together and sharing the stories of their life in spite of everything that the world had told us should separate us. We're coming together and we're going to share our stories and we are going to connect with one another in a real way. And so that's what the spaces, since I've been married, that's what those spaces have all been about, is bringing people together to connect with our stories and therefore connect with our humanity. All right, well, I know we want to have another reading here in a second, but Keenan, you wanna jump in? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna jump into the question that Ryan has perfectly <laughs> tossed up in the air for us which is like what is a poet laureate because it's like i feel like we both don't really fully know what that role entails it sounds very prestigious and i feel like i didn't wasn't really fully aware of it until the youth poet laureate amanda gorman uh performed in front of uh for president biden's inauguration so what can you tell us about that role and what it entails Well, thank you, Amanda Gorman, first of all, because she did shine a light on what um, spoken word artists are able to do. When she came into our homes and she connected with people from all over America, it didn't matter whether they were Democrats, it didn't matter whether they were Republicans, Black, White, Puerto Rican, Haitian, it did not matter who they were, they connected with her. And that's what spoken word does. A poet laureate is someone that a city or government or country, because we do have the U.S. poet laureate, has deemed an authority in poetry. And for the longest, it was literary poets, um, people who wrote their poems, published them in books. More frequently now, spoken word artists are being named as poet laureates and changing that narrative and opening people's eyes to everything that poetry can be because spoken word artists we write right we write everything down but we write with the purpose of what we're writing to be heard and performed and felt and connect with the people who are going to experience our poetry and I think that what's happening as uh, cities 
and our country are naming our poet laureates now that's what we're looking for is not only somebody who's a great writer and and an authority in poetry but also someone who can connect with the people of the city or the state or the country in such a way that it then brings us together there's so much that is meant to divide us and so i think that what's happening now is we're using poetry as a way to connect us well we would love to hear uh, another performance if you have one ready Actually, yes, I do. And this poem is dedicated to my oldest son and any parent that uh, has a child with autism because our journeys are all different, but we are all connected um, through this neurodiversity. Uh, so here we go. I have run from this beat for long enough. A poem, 11 years in the making, Blocked by a diagnosis of lesions on the brain, it scares me to think that I am a teacher, but I do not have all of the answers. I study math, but I do not have all of the solutions. When I cannot see past the moment to understand what he is thinking, I feel helpless and lacking. He was born on my birthday. 33 years after I was, stole the rumble from my voice with brown eyes and hands reaching out toward heaven. I called them his poetry hands. Didn't know he was reaching for a song that planted itself in his spirit long before I would ever hear it. He was six months old with a smile that melted my heart when he decided to speak in the language only he could understand. Perfect rhythm on his high chair. The spoon and the tray became his first snare drum. Later, my bowls and plates would be the set he practiced perfection on. I noticed that he could be in a room full of people, and all he heard was the blast beats, tapped out cadences on Legos and cars when other children wanted to play. I knew he was different, but it was hard for everyone to hear his beautiful mind. There were signs creating a score for his story. The backbeat wouldn't stop pulling his attention away from everything the educational system thought should have his focus. Led them to test and see what we had known all along. He was a genius and the world wasn't ready for his song. Autism spectrum disorder is a diversity not even I fully understand. I just know that hiding in the crash is his safe place and sometimes he runs away to find it. He is all in and all out with common time, focused on or focused off with the dynamics of greatness, more acoustic than digital, more like me than I am often willing to admit. There are days when being his mother is everything I need to know that God loves me. But there are days when I only wish I could stop the fat back he hears long enough for him to hear the tapping of my voice on his heart. And still days when I wish I could listen to his solo and drown out the noise of life around me. It is simple for him. A flam that only he hears. A beat that only he is dancing to. I am trying to teach him safety, but he is teaching me life. 
silently instructing the world to be unique and celebrate. He dances to music like something is taking over his body, unafraid to be different. He speaks to people even when they don't speak back. He never lets it slow the music he hears. They just become a break in the beat and he pops and locks his way through. He loves without question and forgives with no grudges. Everybody is a potential friend. And when they don't respond to his invite, he is quick to let me know that it is their loss. He never has a bad day, no matter what has happened. When you ask him how his day was, he says it was great. And I know he has had some hard ones. I have been there for the days when nothing goes the way he planned. And he struggles to find words to make it make sense. But it always makes sense on the drum. I never wanted to be a mother until he came along. And it is the best job I never applied for. I try to always tell him that he is an awesome son. He says that I am an awesome mom in response, but I don't always believe him because I don't always have the answers. I teach math, but don't always have the solutions. I cannot always find the lyrics for his melody or understand the why behind the scratch in his record. Being his mother has taught me that it is okay to not be the best every day. There is no problem to solve here. Only another day to practice getting it right. And even when I don't, there is a melody in my heart keeping the tempo and he will always be there to ride that beat. That was incredible. The 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 line, uh, the best job I never applied for. I love that. Um, and obviously, you know, talking with you earlier, family, uh, it's clear is is um, you know a motivation for you. Uh, and I wonder, um, you know, it's not just about performing, right? I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I, you know, arts are a way to hopefully inspire change in some way. And that's what I live for. Yeah, and um, and well, I was just gonna say, I saw you at the um, State of the City address, and there was a lot of stuff that was being talked about about how you know the city's going to be changing over the next year, and um, you know, and obviously through that, that's that's a totally different angle about you know things that you're hoping to um, change or at least bring awareness to. What is the power of art to do that? What is it about spoken word that you think um, can inspire change? I think the spoken word talks about hard things. It allows you to tell a story and connect with people and talk about hard issues. You know, I have poems about my race and struggles that I've had as just being a black woman in different spaces. Um, I have poems about my son's autism. I have poems about finding a reason to laugh every day because life is full of reasons to snatch your confidence and your joy. These things that everybody goes through, we can put them into a poem that you want to listen to well, then we can start to create change, right? Um, you can have whatever point of view you want and hear my poem and make, it, make you want to talk about it. Well, I never thought about it that way. I never saw it from that angle. I never experienced life that way. And it doesn't matter what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter the story that I tell you. It's the humanity that you feel 
from experiencing my story. And once you find that humanity, that's what we really have to get back to. You know, you're not going to take somebody else's life if you see them as human. You're not going to put them on the ground and put your knee on your, their neck. If you see them as human, you're not going to, you know, cuss them out or, or call the police on them, whatever the case may be. If you see somebody as human, it doesn't matter their sexuality, it doesn't matter their, you know, gender preference or, or race or class, religion, political affiliation. We're human. We all bleed. We all love. And when we can start to talk about that humanity and, and the hope and when we finally see it, that is what spoken word can do. So the very end of your poem that you recited, you mentioned about being a math teacher. Mm-hmm. How does that part of your life also influence like what you do? Like What brought you to that as well as poetry? I'm a geek. I love numbers. Um, oh, man, you can put a calculus book in front of me and I'm going to like start cooing with <laughs> with joy um i love math my father was an accountant and so taught me a love for numbers at a very early age he had me solving huge math problems when i was like four so um math has always been my favorite subject uh, i went to college to be an engineer um i have a bachelor's of science in engineering science with a concentration in biomedical engineering um to which I decided I did not want every day to be to make someone else rich. I wanted to be able to come home and know that I had provided some growth into the world. And so I went back and got a master's in math education. And so I took my love for engineering and math, threw it into the educational space and want to influence young people to use their story, their love to push them in life. And that's what I do in my math classroom. Yeah, I teach you math, but I also teach you life. So sounds like you've really blended the realm of math with the realm of poetry. It's the only things that make sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Everything in life, I put it into one of those two categories. It's just going to be math or it's going to be poetry. Like, you know, and then love is somehow wrapped up in the middle of those. Mm -hmm. So all of us are poems, right? So all of us are poets, and we just have to find that inner poet. And I did just want to ask, too, about, so your time as Poet Laureate is... Wrapping up, honey. Right. When, <laughs> yes. When's the date? I, she, they haven't given me an official date, right. but the official event uh-huh. is Southern Fried Poetry Slam 2023. And that's what I wanted to talk about next. Thank yes. you. Because uh, you, you mentioned that earlier. Nice little segue there. <laughs> um, well, as I was say, you mentioned it earlier uh, that it was here. What year was it? The, the first? 2010. So it's been a while. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about bringing it back? And also for people who aren't familiar, just what it is. Because we were talking about it earlier. It sounds like an awesome event. Um, Southern Fried is a poetry slam. It is now the largest poetry slam in the country. Um, we bring together teams from all over the country and poets from all over the world to celebrate the beauty that is Poetry Slam. And so it is a four-day festival starting on Wednesday, June the 7th. We have 28 teams that are coming to participate. And we have 
21 individual poets. Sorry, I had to do the math in my head. You're good. You, I could see you're good at it. You're, it took me a lot longer. And, and we have 21 individual um, poets that, are also, that will also be a part of the festival. And basically what it is, is is an opportunity to come together, get some Southern love. It was born in the Southern states. Uh, the very second one was in Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, I think there was only two teams or three teams there. I mean, it was tiny. And so it's just grown over the years. It's humongous now. We even have poets coming from Australia um, in June. <laughs> so wow. I'm super excited. Um, it is four days, like I said, of just great poetry. There are poetry workshops that will be happening on Thursday and Friday from 10 to 1.30. After that, there are day events on Wednesday. There is a Slam Master Slam and a haiku um, deathmatch slam. A haiku deathmatch. That sounds intense. Um, which is very intense. You you <laughs> have to come. If you've never seen a haiku deathmatch before, you have to come. It's pretty awesome. Um, poets literally go head to head with um, three haikus apiece, and then the audience destroys just votes yeah and one of them wins and one of them one of them loses and makes it's like brackets oh, like almost like a basketball yeah. you know bracket oh, and sounds so much fun <laughs> it's gonna be great so make sure you come um there's a haiku death match slam master slam and then on thursday there's a nerd slam lgbtq open mic um and then on friday we will be doing uh, no that was thursday and then friday is nerds and 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 um and uh the lgbtq and then on saturday there's a cookout in the daytime now nighttime is when it really turns up because every night starting at six o'clock in the knoxville convention center there will be four rooms holding bouts at the same time so you can see teams from all over the country battling it out four teams in each room and they do four rounds of poetry there's group poems there's indie poems you're going to cry you're going to laugh you're going to be informed you're going to be inspired you're going to want to go and write your own poem and then you're going to want to start getting on stages it is that powerful it's life-changing it's a life-changing experience and you get to hear like i said my job and I say it's my job as Poet Laureate of Knoxville has been to put the stories of all people from all different walks of life in front of Knoxvillians so that we start to connect and find that humanity in one another. And that's what you'll get at Southern Fried. You'll get stories from people all walks of life. There's so much difference in, in, in Southern Fried that you would be shocked and amazed. So please come out. There is a space for every single person. So when is the poetry slam the festival is june 7th through the 10th so with this kind of being your big send-off as poet laureate how do you reflect on your tenure as in that role and then what do you have moving forward like what are you looking forward to post this i have absolutely loved this um it's been my opportunity to really serve the city and to serve people who have never heard poetry before. Um, I've gone and performed and people are like, I didn't know there was a poet laureate in Knoxville. Man, am I glad it's you. You know, like <laughs> it's been really awesome to connect, go to schools. I've gotten to meet amazing young people. We started the Youth Poet Laureate program in Knoxville. So now there's a Youth Poet Laureate of the city. Um, I'm 
I've, I've loved it. I've loved every person that I've had to shake hands and hug and meet. Every tear that has been cried has been absolutely awesome. And it's just been a privilege and an honor to be able to represent Knoxville in so many different places. Awesome. Well, um, I would love to hear one more. Uh, but before we do that, I was just wondering if people want to keep up with you um, and your work, what is the best way for them to do that to sort of follow along? Um, there's two ways. If you're on social media, um, following me on Instagram is one of the best ways. My intern keeps telling me I need to have a TikTok. That might happen one day soon. <laughs> we don't know. But um, following me on Instagram, I post everything that I'm doing on Instagram. Um, and then also my webpage, which is just Raya Carmen, R-H-E-A-C-A-R-M-O-N.com. And if you go there, the very first thing it's going to ask you to do is put in your email address, and then you'll be on my listserv and get my newsletter every month, which keeps you up to date on everything that I'm doing. Now, that to be said, I have just launched a poet in residence program for um, businesses and companies that want to have that inspiration for their employees on a regular basis. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, if we just want to uh, end it with uh, one more. And again, thank you so much for um, coming in here and talking with us today. I'm going to end on this poem, which is weird because I never end on this poem. It is my story. Uh, before I go, I would be remiss to not give a shout out to my wonderful husband, Marcus Carmen of Carmen Sense Productions. Um, and the reason why I have to do that is I am not here if... He is not supporting me. So he is my biggest fan and my biggest support. And so I love you, baby. And uh, <laughs> I want the world to know um, what an amazing husband and father he is. So this poem is called After the Black. There are few things that are obvious from a first glance at me. The most obvious is that I am black. And I suppose you could stop there. You could allow that to put a wall between you and I, or you could see it as an immediate connect with me. Whichever you choose, I fear that you would have only scratched the surface of my essence. What will you do after the black? After you have judged whether I match or clash your perception, following that initial reaction, will you care to know my story? Because you can't know immediately that I identify as heterosexual, you can't know that I am married with children, that I wish daily that my children could meet the man that raised me and climb into his lap to call him Pops, that my mother speaks to me every time I cross her mind because her spirit is connected to me and she is my first hero. There is no way for you to know that I see the world in poetry and numbers because they are real and tangible I express my love in one of these two ways to every person in my life. What will you miss if you never make it past the black? How many hugs that can change your day or mood will you miss out on? How much inspiration and strength will you fail to ever see? How many problems will you never solve? How much understanding will you miss? How much love? If you only see me as comrade or foe, have you truly looked? I am broken by the people that spread hatred through their gaze, judging, pulling triggers or closing doors, forgetting to see human before difference, spreading lies and division without first thinking golden, finding reasons to remove a story by only looking skin deep. 
Religion deep, party deep, sexuality deep, paycheck deep. For whatever you have chosen, your black to be, what will it take for you to see after it? To see one another as humanity. To know that somebody has loved or been loved by another, looked up at the same sky and seen the same sun, gazed into the night and shared the same stars, closed their eyes to sleep or die and met the same darkness. We are all looking for the light. Looking through mirrors to see ourselves as more than just a list of black that somebody may not accept. I've learned to love myself. My dark skin and coiled hair, I find power in its energy. I don't always fit in where it seems I should. I keep quiet on issues until I can write about them. I struggle to let people in to love me, but I give love freely, trusting that I will never run out of love for myself. I fight my body against its attempts to break down daily. I am a survivor of more than this blackness. My father taught me that I was black and beautiful making sure that I understood there is more. After the black, there is beauty deeper than this melanin. I will never allow myself to stop there or even see it as a weakness or flaw. It is me, as much as my quirky personality and belief in God without limitations. It is the understanding that I am made in that image and I have no limitations. I am creation made perfect just the way I am. So I embrace the flaws and imperfections. The hard days and glorious transitions. There is nothing wrong with any part of who I am. Every attribute is marked with part of what exists. I am beautiful beyond the black. I am Mother Earth with treasures in my words, giving birth to lightning and oceans and fire. There is prophecy in my gardens. My father named me Rhea, calling me to motherhood. I am more than that initial glance. And you will never know until you see me after the black. Another great conversation with another fantastic guest here on The Scruffy Stuff. We are so thankful for Rhea Carmen coming into the Knox News office and sharing her story and sharing her work. As always, the Scruffy Stuff has been brought to you by KnoxNews.com, so head on over to KnoxNews.com slash subscribe to see our latest offers and support local journalism today. If you'd like to keep up with my work in the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at KnoxScruff. Also, look in the podcast description. There will be a link to the Urban Knoxville Facebook group and the Urban Knoxville newsletter. Both great ways to keep up with what's going on around downtown. And before you leave... Hit that like or subscribe button so you get a notification every time a new episode drops on Tuesday. And also, leave us a review. We'll be back again next week. And until then, stay scruffy, Knoxville.